Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hey, thanks, Joseph. It's Casey Cover, your host for Training with Casey, and I've been thinking about a controversial subject lately, a controversial subject that really frustrates me with researchers and with people that have an ideology. And you're probably wondering, what is that subject? Consciousness. Consciousness. There are many people that argue or question whether or not animals are conscious. And this is kind of ironic on so many levels. So, first of all, the studies that I've seen to determine whether animals have consciousness are surprisingly simplistic. For example, uh, you know, an animal will see another animal on a screen and they want to know, does the animal go look behind the screen? Or they'll put a dot on an animal's face and put it in front of a mirror. And does the animal touch its own face to see if it can find the dot? What if the animal knows you put the dot on it? And he's not curious about it and just like, okay, whatever, bud. I don't think it's a very good or complete test. So let's look at it a little more deeply. What in the world is consciousness? So are you conscious? And if you just said, of course, or even just yes, Well, Mr. or Ms. Mark E. Pants, how do you know? How conscious are you? So, for example, what did you pass on your way home today? Hmm? I happen to know that a lot of us, including me on many occasions, get home with no earthly idea of what we saw on the way home. In fact, my husband is very, very good at noticing landmarks and remembering them. I like to let him drive because when we drive, I'm usually planning things, organizing things. I'm not counting the houses. I'm not looking at the houses. It's a great way to be because every time I drive down my street, it's a brand new adventure. My husband will say, did you see that? What was it? A man standing naked in his yard. Really? Was I there? It just happened. Okay. So I am not necessarily conscious. And if you're interested in more about this, look up inattentional blindness and it's about what happens when we are not focused on collecting a certain kind of information and the fact is is we're not conscious if you we're not conscious about anything except what we're thinking about so if you come to a seminar with me and I've used this example before and I say wow This is your lucky day. If you can tell me how many red cars 
we're on the street, on the block, that, you know, uh, that we're on, you will win $1,000. I guarantee you, you're not going to go, oh, whoopsie, whoopsie, because you're not going to have any idea. You're going to think, you silly woman, why didn't you tell me before I walked in the building so I could count them? Good point. So we can create consciousness. We don't have to ask, is it there? Consciousness is a matter of an attentional state, a certain amount of reflection, discernment, observation, and we can create it. If you don't think that an animal has consciousness, you're going to find out differently. And you will certainly find out differently if you help them to develop their own consciousness. So what tools do we have? I'm going to share six with you. First is anticipation. I got a master's in education because I wanted to learn how they teach people to teach other people. How does that differ from teaching animals? And one big difference is everybody expects people to understand language and they use language as a teaching tool. And as they use the language, one of the big ways that they use language is to create anticipation. Anticipation is where you make somebody aware that you're specifically looking for a certain kind of information or knowledge. So you could say that when a parent says to the children, get in the car, we're going to the park. And the child is thinking, what's a park? And they ask their parents and the parents say, don't just watch. We're going to get there. You're going to see swings. You're going to see slides. There'll be other children to play with. There'll be playgrounds, there'll be grass, there'll be trees. All these are part of the park. But that is a pale representation of the experience of the park, of the child going out into the park, playing, encountering others, uh, smelling the flowers, seeing the birds, all these great things. And we know that this is effective. Because the next time we say we're going to the park, the children are not questioning what's going to happen. They are anticipating. They're probably excited. And what happens next? They start requesting to go to the park. They have a very clear idea of what it means to go to the park. Hmm... Hmm, could that be a secret clue? Does your animal ever request an experience that he anticipates? Have you recalled people saying that animals have no sense of time, no sense of past or future? Really? Then how can they remember that they ever went on a walk or in a car? Because they certainly do remember those things and they certainly do request them. Yeah, get real, folks. We have to get real. So anticipation is the first tool. The second tool is name and explain. 
So remember, this isn't a training skill. Anticipation and name and explain both are just a matter of mindfulness. You need to share information with your animal partner. You need to explain what you're going to do and what, why you're doing it and what else is going to happen and how they should act about those things and why it goes on and on. You think of what you would like to know from your guide if you were visiting a foreign country. You don't understand about the country yet, but you're eagerly looking forward to learning. And you have a good basis because lo and behold, you already live in a country, so you know something about countries. So you can be brand new to something and have no idea what to expect. You can have no consciousness of it, but you will quickly build that consciousness. And, and your guide can help you do that. So number three is bridging. I even bridge people with their permission, okay? And it's very effective, but let's just keep it to animals right now. Bridging is two tools. Well, you could use more than two, but anyway, I use an intermediate and a terminal bridge all the time. So what are these? The bridge is a signal that tells the animal when it has met success and that it may be getting another reward soon. That's in layman's terms. I don't even want to go with the technical terms, okay? The animal knows that it's met success. That's really the most important thing. It isn't that important for them to get food unless we make it that important, okay? But anyway, it's fine if you do give them food. So the terminal bridge says, excuse me, you did it. You got it right. You were successful. Hallelujah. The intermediate bridge says you're on the way to success. If you keep on as you're going now, you are going to get a terminal bridge. So for me, I, I mainly use two bridges now, and it's either good, 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 or or but you could use any number of them. I like hard vowel sounds, like certain ones you want to steer away from. Just try B or P. Yeah, and don't do M. And I don't even like yes. I'll use yes for my animals if they're doing a long uh, string of things and there isn't a lot of change in the sequence of action that we're doing. But yes kind of trails and it's sonorous instead of choppy. We want choppy a lot of the times in training. Just think about how we present the bridges. Okay, so good, 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 good. And check out other podcasts we have on bridging because the speed of the bridge turns out to be an important aspect. But we won't talk about that here. Okay, so that's number three. Number four can be the use of touch 
back targeting. So we just recently did a podcast on that. And with touchback targeting, this is where you establish a practice with an animal where you can touch them and they will flow back into that target and touch you back. Now it could be that you're going to touch a part of the body that's a major landmark like the muzzle or the ear or the eye or the shoulder but you may want to touch a very specific little part of the body and if you do that you're gonna find it amazing how accurate that animal can be. I remember with Jordy the rhino you know I had learned that rhinos don't have good eyesight and I showed him this syringe and the little tube that came out of it and I needed him to cooperate with me to get that tube into the opening into his abscess. And so the first time he turned his head away and I mirrored that and I told him, I will not take this from you. You must give it. And he turns back toward me and he's looking like he's not going to do it. It looks like he's looking for food on the floor. And I just kind of had that syringe in position and I was watching him to see when he was going to come back to work. Son of a gun, he threaded that tube right into the abscess under his horn. Amazing. We had a party right then. And he got it. You might think that a rhino would be uh, threatened or angry or upset or frightened if everything's all quiet and then all of a sudden everybody goes, Woohoo! You did it! That's great! And really, not so. He just stood there very stoically, but with a real air of self-satisfaction, which he deserved to have. So, Jordy was very conscious of his body, whether he had good eyesight or not. And he was able to move his body with such precision that without my help, he managed to thread this little syringe tube into the abscess on his horn. If you watch the video, which is the first one at Sinalia.com slash press, okay, you will see this exact situation. It was amazing. Well, when that happens, we name every piece of the action. We name what we're trying to do. We name the parts of creating the behavior that we need. We name all the equipment, all the substances, the people that are helping, the locations. You get my drift. So that we're back to name and explain. But when the targeting actually occurs, both when I was explaining to Jordy the names of his body part, the name of his abscess, he demonstrates touchback targeting, where he moves that spot back into connection. And I can say, that's your lip, that's your cheek. That's your ear, etc. Okay, so when we are doing name and explain, 
we can explain all the things that are around, but when we can do touchback targeting, we can name the things that are directly related to the animal, directly on him, his hair, his eyes, his body parts, his breath, his tongue, his panting. It goes on and on. This is a really powerful communication tool. Now, all targeting, this is, that was number four. Number five is all targeting because targets can be used to demonstrate anything and then that thing is named. So if I want an animal to understand the concept of the left, then I can use a target to create an immediate left turn or even a direct left leftward movement. When I first started out working with horses, I was talking with some experienced trainers about, you know, teaching a horse to directly step to the left. And I was told that wasn't possible for a horse to do. Not just one trainer, but a number of trainers said a horse must walk forward first and then can turn left. So, you know, they were more expert than I was. I accepted that. We were all wrong. A horse can easily learn to step directly left. In fact, they can learn to move any part of their body in any direction. They're physically capable of moving it. And we can use all kinds of targets in order to show them where we want them to move and also what we want them to look at so that we can then name and explain those things, those experiences, those actions, what they see along the way, and create consciousness. Now, number six has to do with the little dot that they put on the animal to see if they try to, you know, scratch it off themselves. That's revelation. Revelation is where you're going along and you think you're doing one thing and all of a sudden you see yourself. Let's say on TV. And to your surprise and horror, you're being interviewed for national news and you have your finger aside of the nose. Something St. Nicholas up the chimney, he goes, yeah, you got it. Man, I had no idea I did that. And I was appalled when I did it on national TV. But I'll tell you what, it took me five microseconds to stop that behavior. I never did it again, I believe. However, how long did I do it until I became conscious of it? We do most of our life as... Elizabeth Feldman Barrett tells us, is operated unconsciously. Our subconscious and our unconscious direct our actions. It gets us home. It takes us through all kinds of actions like um, uh, driving your car, putting your shoes on, drinking your coffee, eating anything. You don't have to consciously Think about most of the art of living. If you want to change something, it needs to be brought 
into your consciousness. You need to become aware of the thing that you want to change. And then it becomes very possible, not just for you, but for the animal. The perception modification protocols that we use as SATS trainers are so effective. They are so fast. We routinely solve problems that many trainers cannot solve and we do it in 15 hours or less. It's more than that. Inexperienced owners often do it in 15 hours or less. And in that 15 hours, we usually get a lot of other training done as well. So the way that we're able to do this is we teach the animal certain skills, certain self-management skills, and then we make them aware of how certain events affect them. In other words, what triggers do to their mental state, their physiology, their success in life. And then together we study how to change the animal's reaction to the trigger. And the animal becomes such an expert that he becomes self-managing. It's really amazing. And to give you an example that you may have heard before, but I'll remind you, at Wood Green Animal Shelters, they had 27, no, yeah, 29 animals that were slated for euthanasia because they'd been in the shelter system for up to three years and they just uh, could not be responsibly placed in homes. So the SATS training staff at Wood Green went to the hierarchy and asked for reprieves for these animals. Could they use, could they give them two more weeks and try SATs with them? And 27 of those animals were finished within two weeks. And they were adopted within one week. The rest of the animals were also successful and they got adopted one week after they finished their training, which took an additional two weeks only. Okay, so 27 out of 29 animals took two weeks, which was uh, the equivalent of 15 hours of training time, and two animals took up to 30 hours of training time. Anyway, they all got adopted within one week, and none were returned. Two years later, we went back and looked up the owners and talked to them to find out how's your animal doing, etc. Maybe they turned it in someplace else. Maybe the animal got shot by the police. Let's find out. Not one animal had been returned anywhere or had any catastrophes. All the animals were still successfully, happily living in their homes. Woohoo! That's a good thing. I guarantee you, bringing those animals to conscious awareness was a very important part of their success and their ability to self-manage. Okay, check it out. Think about it. Let me know what you're doing already. 
Are you going to give this a try? Are you going to learn more about it? I'd like to know. All right, you guys take care. Thanks so much for spending some time with me. Hey fans, are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.